Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. How's the bacon, did you say? It's Dutra. Oh, what a fantastic hit! Roy Keane on Holland. Here's Sancho. Welcome to the Prawn Sandwich episode 26. I am Nathan Cupid and as usual I'm joined by Dylan McKenzie. Morning. And Mr Jamie Jackson. Good morning. So today's episode we're going to go with our what could have been 11s but before we get on with that we'll just have a little recap from our previous episodes. Um, we've got the got the controversy out the way which is good. <laughs> I know it, it sparked a bit of a debate, didn't it? Just us, but people not agreeing with our selections. But we don't agree man. with each other's picks. We argue amongst <laughs> ourselves. So it's, uh, opinions. Yeah, it is. exactly. Exactly. Everyone's got an whether you sit on a couch and watch football, whether you're a professional, you play. Everyone's got an opinion on the game. Exactly. It's, title to yeah. watch. it's, it's good. all it's, fun it's, at the end of the day. It's what we started the podcast for, really. It's yeah. it's good. Be a bit more, like, be, be a bit less controversial this week. It's a bit yeah. more like picking our favourites rather than picking opinions. So that's good. So. It happens like every Sunday in like real life. For example, like Sooness with Pogba. Pogba was like one of the best midfielders <laughs> in the world, but he will not admit. It's just opinion. It's just opinions. It's just people need to calm down on opinions. Yeah, I, I'm in that camp. Like I need to sit, simmer down a little bit. <laughs> oh, tell me a bit about this week's end there. Yeah, so this week's episode, what could have been 11? So basically, well, my 11 is kind of based on players that looked promising, have talent, and then it's finished with a career-ending injuries or they've been given an injury and never quite reached that form again. I think there's also a couple in there that's poor life decisions, career choices as well. That's yeah. quite, that all comes into the same bracket. So uh, mine's, mine's a bit of a mix. Like <laughs> a lot of them have had full careers. They've just not fulfilled potential and quite a few of them ended short, but yeah, it's yeah. Uh, been quite fun looking like researching and looking back and like thinking, oh shit, either we mint them. And, uh, <laughs> I remember nice. them and the hype of them coming around, but just thought it'd be like nice to give these like players a bit of recognition after the last uh, couple of weeks of hammering one season wonders and over it. <laughs> yeah, a look at players that maybe uh, with 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 better luck could have had like a lot better careers and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I would mind. You'd be like, there's at least three of them that are like world class, but it's more for the fact of yeah, they were sick, but. What like what could have even been if there weren't if it hampered by an injury or attitude or yeah you get to it. So if people are like, oh, what's he on about? He's unreal. Yeah, he is unreal. But like, could I've got more. two Champions League. I've got two Champions Leagues in mind. But it could have been more if it didn't. If stuff didn't happen to them yeah. in their career. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we all agreed before we put our 11s together that none of us would include like the original Ronaldo, as he's been mentioned in about seven different episodes <laughs> of like, and 11s and stuff. He as much as I do talking about, could have been. to be fair, 
is like is like the pinnacle of what could have been. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it would have been in everyone's eleven regardless. So for a bit of change, then uh, it's it's mad saying what could have been when he won two World Cups. Yeah. Well, three years, three times <laughs> It could, have, it could have been the greatest yeah. player of all time. It wasn't Fringers. So. Best player to never win the Champions League. Stuff like that. You know what I mean? What could have been? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, um, before we get into anything else, should we uh, have a little Sancho watch? Brian? Sancho. Watch. The mood is tense. I have been on some serious, serious reports, but nothing quite like this. Home game against Hertha Berlin, um, who have been in pretty decent form since the restart as well. He didn't have the best of games, but like to be fair, Dortmund played pretty poor overall. I thought when I watched it, um, the one-one nil, Emre Chan scored. Uh, Sancho had a hand in the goal. He he flicked it round the back of the defence for Julian Brandt to head on to Chan. Um, Sancho probably probably should have scored two goals. He had a chance from about four yards out that um, <laughs> <laughs> he went to players in the bottom corner and put it right past the post. Um, and he had another chance where. Oh, he'd absolutely rinse somebody and rinse the right back, come into the box, managed to dribble past another defender. The no way fell over and went under his body. That was a Oh, I yeah, I yeah. went. Yeah. <laughs> didn't just put him on his arse; yeah. like, he yeah. put him in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he, he took one touch, one touch too many when he got into the six yard. Oh yeah, wasted the chance, but. Um, Another win, it's, Bayern only need two more wins to secure the title, yeah. which is a shame, but um, it's, it's just good having them to watch, having the football to watch again. Yeah. Um, so they're away to Dusseldorf this weekend, after you kick off on Saturday, so hopefully they'll have another good game then. We've got a bit more to talk about. Well, should we should we talk about Haircut Gate and Emre Chan? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I did, to be fair, did you see Sancho's hair and beard when he came back? Yeah, like... You, Who a lad would have been hitting that? Yeah, <laughs> I, when you're as young as what you are and stylish, you have to you have to look good, man. Like, Emre um, Chan. Like, we get it, you scored a goal, man. Simmer down. <laughs> Just FIFA, isn't it? So, I'm not going to find him for a political thing, which... There's in their rules that they should, but, but we'll yeah. find him for a haircut. Uh, we need to get some money somehow. FIFA! I'll <laughs> uh, bend it again, fine, whatever. A, a proper take up exception with anybody from FIFA giving it the moral high ground on anything. Like, <laughs> that is the most yeah, corrupt organisation in the world, man. Brian? Sancho. Watch. The mood is tense. I have been on some serious, serious reports, but nothing quite like this. So we're just going straight on to 11s then? Yeah, straight yep. into it. What could have been 11s? What could have been 11s? So as we say, this is we've picked our favourites. I've, I've tried to go for favourites anyway, rather than like better players. It's always a bit more fun and you get a bit more random shouts when it's favourites. Um, <laughs> everyone gone 4-4-2? Four, four, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, right, goalkeepers then. Nath, do you want to start us off? Yeah, go on then. In goals, I've gone with Craig Gordon. Yeah, that, that was one of the two I had to choose between. I think he turned into a total minge after he got his arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't like well, anyone that's known me before this podcast died will have known that like for a good a good three year period when I was about fourteen, like I was a big fan of Scottish football, and Hearts was the standout team. I even went to the Scottish Cup final against Gretna in the heart and like my granddad managed <laughs> to get me tickets and we went and I was sat in the heart with a heart top and uh, I Craig Gordon was like a standout player and I really liked him but my granddad would never have it that he would ever play in the Premier League 
And then Sunderland broke the record, nine million British transfer record for a goalkeeper. Is he still the record, isn't it? No, no, Pickford. Oh no, no, no. no. Uh, Pickford's done it. Uh, yeah, they. It, it was. It was all right at Sunderland, and then obviously injuries absolutely riddled him. And two years as a free agent after 2012 is a bit. Just shows you how much no one was really bothered about him. But I think a big thing with him was confidence as well. Like, yeah. Once he had his arm, like I was absolutely buzzing when Sunderland signed him. Like I proper, like proper rated him, and um, he had a couple of really bad. In- well, he had a bad knee injury, but he broke his arm against Spurs in a class with before. Um, and after that, his like confidence was just like shot to bits. Like it was a pure flake on crosses and that. After that, aye. Uh... Like. There's a game against Stoke where we lost three two. Where they every goal they score is from a corner, was from a cross. Oh man, I. And he just he just looks like a child, like going for them. You can see that you can see the panic in his face. This is from like 2011. Um, yeah, and like as you say, get, in, injuries led him to just being released by some nine million pound and didn't really get the return for him that he would have liked. But um, fair play to him reviving his career at Celtic a bit. Yeah. And now he's going to St Mirren this season in the summer. Is he? Yeah. Well, a bit harsh that he got dropped again. Yeah, oh, did they get? He got they brought, they brought Forrest back, didn't, back, didn't they? Uh, a bit harsh, I thought, because he was. Yeah. He made a yeah, couple. Of, he made a couple of mistakes in a couple of league games, and they gave Scott Bain a couple of games, and then Neil Lennon came in, and then it was like, right, let's get all the old boys from our draw against Celtic, and then Fraser Forster's came back and all that. So. Or the draw against Barcelona. Uh, sorry, Barcelona. Barcelona. <laughs> I, 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 like I, said, I really yeah. liked Craig. He's on my bench, to be fair. He's on my bench. Um, Dylan? Uh, another Sunderland connection. I've gone with his Premier League career, Kieran Westwood. Ah, yeah. Oh, yes, I love Kieran Westwood. Only 19 games in three years for us. I didn't, I obviously knew we didn't get much time, but I didn't know it was that low. Yeah. Um, and when Poyet came in, he was starting, but he injured his arm at Hull. And just after that, to be fair, Minone didn't mint for us. So I'm not the grudge Minone. He just couldn't get back in. Yeah. No. Uh, a few loans and then he'd back up. He's retiring now, isn't he? He's retiring at the end of the season. Yeah. Chef, Chef, I'm 35 year old. Just little, little injuries, just pumping him, can't keep going. Body's no, just giving up. He was somewhere else, like season in, season out, watching him at Carlisle. I knew you were going to say that, man. No. <laughs> he was mid How about, about, about his Premier League? Yeah, no, I, I, I proper liked him, but. He just couldn't get going. Like he just, he just didn't, couldn't yeah. get going. Every time he got a chance, he got a little injury, and then another yeah. keeper would come in. And to be fair, we were, we had decent keepers at the time, so he fell under that a bit as well. Mm. He, he had a in... bit of a fallout with O'Neill. Um, you remember when Mignolet, um had his face caved in by Heskey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there was a game where it was a game against Man City, where we. With the G goal, there was a bug going around, and Westwood like didn't want to play because he had this bug, so they had to bring Mignolet back like earlier than they wanted to because of like yeah. his facial injury. He had to wear that mask for a bit, and O'Neill like wasn't happy with Westwood for like not playing, so like, he didn't play again under O'Neill. O'Neill. He, was, he was he was Decanio's keeper, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, when Mignolet left. He was Decanio's yeah. keeper. Then Poyer stuck with him. I put Craig on on my bench because I didn't want to have a Sunderland heavy side. Um, I've gone with Matt Murray. Nice. Um, pundit now, really Pundit now. The pundit uh, on Sky Sports. But he was a goalkeeper at Wolves. Oh, yeah. Um, broke into the Wolves side in the 0203 season. Played 40 games. Um, was fat, uh, man of the match in the playoff final when they got promoted and when they beat Sheffield United. Um, and then he, he broke his foot right after that. Um, only played three games. Um, 
between the 06 or 07 season and the 02 or 03 season. Played 44 games in the 06 or 07 season, getting a bit like of a return after like, it wasn't just like the broken foot, he had like back problems and that as well. Um, and he actually got in the PFA team of the year that season, but again, injured after that, got a cruciate injury and just basically retired at 29. Um, so he only had two full seasons like during his whole career, one at 21 years old and another at like 26 and retired at 29. Um, for a keeper. Yeah. But like, after like having your breakthrough season, 40 games, you're going into the Premier League as one of the best young goalkeepers in the country, which was at the time, he was playing for England with the 21s and that. Mm. And then like just injury after injury. It's like one thing, you get one injury, don't you? And then like, you just, just get yeah. all the time. Like it affects other parts of your body. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I I quite enjoy him as a pundit, to be honest. I think uh, he needs a little bit more media training, though. Like you know, when he, yeah, he when he's at the live passion. games and it's like oh, it's still, it'll pan to him, and then like the camera will come to him, and then you just see his eyes, just like. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> David Priest makes a good point. Like, there's not enough goalkeepers, ex-goalkeepers as pundits. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. like it'd be good having more goalkeepers, like giving an opinion. Like you, people in the studio, she was like, oh, oh she, he knows a thing or two about scoring goals. I does. And then he'll slate a goalkeeper. I was like, does he know a thing or two about saving shots? No, exactly. And like, you think oh. a go- a go- like goalkeepers do a lot of watching the game, you know what I mean? So like goalkeeper, there should be a goalkeeper out there that'll be like, bang on as a pundit. I think needs to do more anyway. I'm sick of seeing the same old faces every week on Super Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, like people like Redden up and that, but it's the same people every week. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know exactly. You, you know what they're gonna say before they yeah. say. Yeah. They've all got coined cliche phrases, but nah. yeah. Matt, Matt Murray for me. I like that. I like Matt Murray. Um, I'll I'll go next. Uh, right back. Um, Andres Escobar. Colum- What's up, D- is that the is like... the fella that got murdered? Yeah. Um, Andres Escobar. Uh, struggling to get my words out here. Andres Escobar um, was part of that Colombia side that got uh, second in the FIFA rankings just before the 94 World Cup. And I had like uh, Escobar, René Aguita, Valderrama, Tino Asfria, and they're like playing for them. They absolutely tore South American qualifying apart, like miles ahead of anyone else. Um, so big things were expected of them in that World Cup. Um, they didn't even get past the group stage. Um, Escobar himself scored an own goal against the USA. Um, and then was like chastised like in his homeland for it. Um, so a few days after they were back home from the World Cup, he was in a bar in Medellin and uh, had a bit of an altercation and was shot six times. Um, it turned out it was somebody to do with the cartel. <laughs> um, but yeah, 20, 27 year old um, was due to sign for AC Milan um, later on in that summer as well. Um, he spent all his career like in South America, back from like a short spell at Young Boys in um, Switzerland. Uh, yeah, there's a really good documentary. Yeah. Um, ESPN 30 for 30 documentary. Yeah. Um, it's called uh, The Two Escobars, and um, it's about him and it's about Pablo Escobar and Pablo Escobar's links to the Colombian national side and that. Few good yeah. watch. Few good watch. Um, yeah, Andres Escobar. Right, right back. Go on, there. I've gone with one that I really liked. I've gone with Micah Richards. I, yeah. think, I, think, Man, I think Man City had big plans for him to be their number one right back for a long time. And I think people in England set up at the time as well were really excited by his prospects but just 
a failure to stay fit was ultimately that's what's cost him both club and country because his his fall was just ridiculous after he left Man City. No, I agree. He um well it was like being touted as first choice England right back at eighteen years old. Yeah. Part on Villa turmoil when he went there went absolute awful. Yeah. Yeah. It looked. It was an absolute beast. Like so athletic, strong, fast. Oh, it was unbelievable. Yeah. He could play centre half as well. He was that good. Yeah. Right. Well, he had the pace to make up. For it. Can you remember at the start of Sven's tenure? Yeah. Um. It. He played Richards as a centre half with um Richard Dunn. Yeah. And like they didn't. I'm sure they went the first eight games of the season without conceding a goal. Ah, they were doing quite well. With Aye, Bruno, then they, they got dicked like six nil away at Chelsea or something, but uh, like <laughs> they did they seven games without conceding or something. <laughs> but I just I just really liked him. Like he had a he had that spell at on loan at Fiorentina. He didn't really pull up any trees, but I think it was just Man City was to just give him a bit of a, a bit of fresh air. You know what I mean? Get out of the same environment. Yeah. But um, you know, I like I really liked him. Like I thought he was class. Ah, me too. It was a shame yeah, what yeah. happened, really. Um, Dylan. <laughs> Well, because me and Nath love to share right back, I've got Mick Richards and all. <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote that like only one season. He was only one season in his career. He played over thirty games, said it all, and yeah. in total had twelve key injuries, which included like knees, hammies, ACLs, ankle sprains. It's all the horrible ones that you get. Why? But yeah, it's Mick Richards. All them, like when you're a yeah, fast, when you're a fast player, they're gonna ruin you. Like no, absolutely, um, yeah. Who's your left back, though? Uh, left back. I don't know why it took me so long to think of him because, like, left back, left back was the last position out of field. I couldn't do it. I don't know why. No, and then I thought, how have I not even thought of this? Because I've had him in a previous one, and I, I pure loved him. I've gone Fabio Aurelio. Ah, fair play. Nice. Yeah, I thought he was pure good and just couldn't <clears throat> couldn't get fit. Uh, also, didn't know when I when I uh, when I researched him, he's never been bought for a transfer fee. He's always let his contracts run out and then signed on a Bosman. Oh, nice. So he signed for Valencia when he was young, just for free. And then he had a six, which was weird. Because the, thing, the weird things is, is he's had both, both his Valencia and his Liverpool contracts were six years. So he's always lasted his six-year career. His <laughs> Liverpool ones that ended up being eight, to be fair, because Benitez was going to let him go because of all the injuries. But Hodgson gave him a new deal, a two-year deal. And then he sent out that one and went back to Gremio. But no, just yeah. broke his leg at Valencia when he was like absolutely flying. And then that he still got his move to Liverpool because obviously Rafa had him at Valencia. But then he just that just started off like his last season at Valencia, he only played two games because of the broken leg. And it was the year they won the away for Cup and everything. So he kind of missed out on all that. Ah, oh, shit. Uh, then he missed his biggest miss for Liverpool was he missed 38 games with ligament damage. It was just after that run, you know, he scored past Man United when he scored free kick. Yeah. yeah, he had like he had like a decent run in the team. After that, obviously, didn't result for them. But then he just couldn't get all his knees were just shot because of all these injuries. Went back to Gremio and he played about thirty games for them, and just, he's retired because he just can't can't get fit. Mm-hmm. Didn't didn't he score a free kick against Real Madrid in the Champions League as well? Yeah, yeah. I when they beat Madrid at that. Awful team. Yeah. Uh, I know what you mean. I. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just thought he was pure good. And I think he'd have been remembered far better off Liverpool fans and stuff if he was, like, if he could get a fit. Probably yeah. not really good. Nathan? I've gone back for a, a bit of a nostalgic one. Um, it was the first one on the sheet. As soon as we mentioned that we were going to do this first one on the sheet. Uh, former Coventry City left back, David Boost. <laughs> fair play. I was hoping he'd get a mention, to be fair. Um, like another one that's like synonymous with career engine. Career uh, engine. Like, it is beyond a shadow of a doubt, it is the worst injury in football history. It is disgusting. 
Like, and it's not so much a fact that, like what could have been because it was only really like Leeds United who had shown any form of interest in him. But like, just for the fact that like the injury is that bad, like, ah, uh, was he was he young? I don't know who he is. I can't lie. He was about twenty six. Yeah, about twenty six year old at the time. Like, huge with the injury now. Oh, uh, but basically Coventry get a corner and no Whelan flicks it at the front post. Schmeichel palms it away and it's gone to the back post and he's just he's just coming in to try and knock it back either back into the box of a shot at goal and he collides with Brian McClare and Dennis Irwin and his leg just well it's like it's, it's like a, a Z. Oh it's a it's an extensive compound fracture of both the tibia and fibula in his right leg. Oh that's not very nice. No, that, they... nine minutes to take him off the pitch. They had to get rid of the blood with sand and water and Peter Schmeichel even spewed when he'd seen it. Uh, it's because there was bone marrow, wasn't there? there uh, was bone marrow actually like leaked out onto the, uh, onto the pitch. It wasn't just blood, I it's aye. disgusting. So Mike so, had to go for therapy after that, you know. Yeah, I. Um, you should have caught the cross. <laughs> <laughs> Blames himself for not. Well, it was, it was that bad. There was talk of them having to like amputate his leg because they generally believed that they couldn't save it. And then, obviously, after after twenty two operations, they managed to save it, but it it became infected. So. That resulted in, a, in another. That's why the, that's why there was that many operations because it became infected and he ended up just retiring from football. But if you look like like Dylan said, like looked at the video, like look at the video of the injury. It's not nice. But there's also pictures of him what his leg looks like now, and there's literally like no calf muscle. He's got like half a calf muscle, and oh, it's disgusting. Really, is disgusting. But I've just I thought he should get a bit of a mention, like because um, yeah. Um, I've gone for left back was the last one I picked actually and then when I put his name down um, I was shocked that it took us so long to think of him because I absolutely loved him when I was younger it's uh, Francesco Coco (laughs) nice it was uh, touted as Paolo Paolo Maldini's long term successor for AC Milan and Italy but never really failed well never really lived up to the the hype He, uh, he won two Serie A with AC Milan in the 90s just as like a backup squad player and then just never really kicked on he uh, got a loan spell to Barcelona in the 01-02 season then the season after that was uh, part of the Seedorf transfer from Inter to AC Milan nice um so he went to Inter and he never really like done much there he, he got a back he got a back injury early on and he said the club convinced him to have surgery told him he'd only be out for a couple of months and ended up being out for two years um so he kind of blamed the club for that so after that it was just a series of loan spells um so f- over a 12-year career he only played 117 league games that's pretty good uh, yeah but I, I remember watching a bit on him about on uh, Gazette de la Sport when uh, he just uh, got a loan no, it was when he was coming back from his loan spell from Barcelona because um, he opened like a fashion chain and stuff um, so he's quite into the party scene and he's got his like fingers in a few pies business <laughs> so at least he had the sense to do that um, but yeah like, I, I used to always sign him on CM 2000-2001 because he was available for quite cheap because he wasn't in the Milan side so always had a bit of a soft spot for him <laughs> decent yeah so Francesco Coco I like that one um we're going to do centre-half separately, not in pairs. Yeah, go on then. Go on then. Um, I'll go first. Um, quite an obvious one. Um, Ledley King. I absolutely I've got Ledley King as well. I don't. No, Fez. Um, Ledley King, all in all, had a decent career. But 
it could have been so much more. Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. He's, I'm not saying he's not. He's up there. He's like I would put him behind Ronaldo as the next one. <laughs> yeah, he's oh, uh, like considering the last sort of three or four years of his career, he couldn't even train like no. because his knees were like, shot. Right, and uh, he was quality. He was ahead of his time as a centre half. Oh, yeah. he was unbelievable! Like unbelievable. proper ball playing, like you pit me like ball playing centre half. I felt he was absolutely class. Um, standout game for me where I really noticed how good he was was the game against France at Euro 2004 mm. um, where John Terry was injured for the first game so he, King played with Saul Campbell at the back and Ledley King was absolutely phenomenal ah, yeah, the unbelievable like, game. Then, then he was dropped like the very next game because like, Terry was fit but Ledley King was phenomenal in that game oh, hi. Um, just because like just to show how good he was as well that like when he was going through all those injury problems that like Spurs just like stood by him the whole time and just played him whenever. Yeah, yeah. just get fit and you can play. Like, he just swam, didn't he? That's all he did. Yeah, aye. That's, that's all through the did. week he just swam. Right. Then... Like one jog a day, yeah. swim, and then rest for like two days before a match. Unbelievable. I mean, when Thierry Henry saying that he's the toughest competitor you've played against in the Premier League, that's pretty high praise, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. he started off as like a CDM when he first broke into the Spurs. But remember, he scored the fastest goal. He scored the fastest goal. Fastest goal in the Premier League for, for a while. It was against Bradford, wasn't it? Like yeah. 10 seconds in. I think it's been beaten since. And the talisman Shane Long beat it. I fucking thought it was. <laughs> 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 Oh God! Uh, yeah, do, do you want to say a bit about Ledley King as well? There, just nothing really much. Like you said, like I think I generally think if it wasn't for the the knee injury, like I definitely think he'd he'd we. I don't think we'd have seen John Terry and Rio Ferdinand in England shirts as much. I think I think Ledley King would have been on the top of that pile for me. I heard someone do a three-five-two. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Dill, who's your first? My other one's an obvious one, and I've got Wes Brown. Yeah, fair play. Nice. Then if if he wasn't injury prone, we would never have seen him in a Sunderland shirt, and I don't think we'd know who Nemanja Vidic was because they wouldn't have bought him. I agree. I agree. Wes Brown's phenomenal. Class. Like I say, I know he won the Champions League, and overall he's had a mint career. But what could have been? Like I say, I don't. If he if he kept fit, he'd have been at Man United for his entire career. Oh, one hundred percent. Oh yeah. The, like I say, they probably wouldn't have bought Vidic, and they wouldn't have had to buy people. Do you know what I mean? He just. The longest one I wrote was he knee injury in 12 13. Point five, he missed 263 days. Like that's yeah, yeah. Like, it was just as good at right back as it was at centre back. As he well, was absolutely phenomenal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Was it considering like that, that season, the one the, the treble, he was like in and around that team a lot at 18 year old. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. says a lot about him. Yeah, that, and he's, I, just, I just actually watched that season review and I was surprised <laughs> by just how much like he, he was in it. involved in the side. Someone you don't really see in the in the press for negative things as well, really. Like you know what I mean? Keeps keeps himself, keeps his private life private. You know what I mean? See, like Ferguson said that he was the best natural like defender yeah. that he'd, like seen coming through ever at Man United. He was good, very good, classman. Oh, um, um, I'll run with one if you want. Yeah. Uh, another one that only played 30 games once at his time in the Premier League. 10 key injuries overall. Loved a worldly mind. Daniel Lager. Oofed. Fair dues, eh? I pureated Daniel Lager. And that was at a time where I hated him. Boom, all. But I, <laughs> I proper rated him. I thought he was absolutely class. Not just for his worldly idea, we thought he was a dominating centre half. Mm. He was physically good head. Could he, could take well. it, he could take it out and play, yeah. And the fact that like, say he only played one game over thirty season shows it really. Yeah. 
It, it, it was ten times player Skirtle was like. Oh, ten times player Carragher was. He, he was their best centre half by a mile. Yeah. He just oh, couldn't I... get fit. He just couldn't keep consistently fit. So ten injuries over like a six-year career at Liverpool takes it out of him. Yeah. What he could have, what he could have done. I went back to Denmark after that and kind of just settled out. But yeah, Daniel Lager. Nice. He's got some sick tattoos as well. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the big Viking tribute on his back. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that one. Oh, it's oh, really good. good. Really good. Uh, yeah, time to get them, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's your who's your over centre half? Yeah. Well, I've used well used pair will probably guess it. Um Johnny Woodgate. Like I like I understand he gets grief for like the worst debut ever for Real Madrid. But the fact that Real Madrid decided to pay £13.4 million for the services of Johnny Woodgate, it speaks volumes, to be fair, I think. Like, a really good defender. I like, I really liked Johnny Woodgate. Like, it was, was quality. It was. It was class. It, it was the first choice centre-back at Leeds at like 17, 18-year-old. Says it all, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I just like really good, like really good. Like I actually like read up about him like recently when we were doing like bits and bobs for like this podcast and that. And um, there's a is it what's the is it La Marca La Marca La Marca the paper in Spain? Oh yeah, La Marca. Yeah, when Real Madrid had signed him, they'd put it out as like this, like why are we doing this type of thing? And then obviously the debut happened, and it was like they yeah, never write anything good in that paper. So why have we done no, that? Sorry about that. <laughs> And then um, <laughs> when he came back from his suspension, he had a run of like six or seven games where he like he like he actually started to show a bit of promise. They're quite solid at the back. I think he scored he scored in the Champions League against like Gink or someone like that. But they got beat. That Lamassa had said like he's starting to become like a true leader for Real Madrid. And as soon as like the weekend after that, the paper had released that he'd got injured, and then that was it. It was back to back to normality for Johnny Woodgate, but. That season, the season after, where he went back on loan to Middlesbrough in the Premier League, he was unbelievable that season. Like, oh, he had number eight at centre back, like, but like he was <laughs> unbelievable. Came back, came back from Spain with the long hair and the and the and the, and the bandana, and they're like, oh, I mean, I love Johnny Woodgate. He was. Um, you, can you remember like the incident with him, Boyer, and Dubry? Yeah, when they were young. Um, I can't remember who I was hearing. He was playing for Leeds at the time. Was talking about it, and he said where like Lee Boyer was able to just like block it out and plow on. Uh, it proper affected Woodgate. He got like really, really unwell over it. And like, mm. you remember there was a spell where he always looked really gaunt. Uh, yeah, like it was over that time because of the stress, because of the court case, and that. Um, so, like, <laughs> Lee Boyer's horrid. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> like that, that kind of stuff can't that can't help you physically when you're like you're stressing so much because your yeah. body's working like when you're stressing. So that might have had something to do with his injuries. Yeah, um, it's like you said about Ledley King. Like I mean, eight eight England caps. You know what I mean? I I think if I'd like to think that if he kept himself fully fit, he'd have a lot more than what he's got. Yeah, no, he was cl- and like when he moved to Spurs, like he was good at Spurs for like the year and a half that he managed to yeah. stay there as well. But like. Prop cup final. Exactly, nice, man. Got the winner, didn't they? Won a yeah. league cup final for years, man. Get in. <laughs> um, I've gone for another Sunderland connection, and it's John Mensah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, Dill said, like Dill said about Wes Brown, if John Mensah didn't have the injury problems, there's absolutely no way you'd have seen him in a Sunderland shirt. No way. Oh, absolutely. 
he was a phenomenal centre half. Like um, we got him on loan from Leon. Um, I'll say like, well, he's, he's signed from Ren to Leon um, after like being touted as like the best player in the, the French league outside of like Champions League club. Leon paid like eight million for him in two thousand and eight, and then he only played thirteen games for them that season because uh, of injury yeah. problems. Then we got him on loan. Um, didn't really have loads of injury problems in that first season, but there was always niggles. And then we loaned him again in that second season. He only played like eight times or something. And it was, it was, it was just shot to bits. Like, it's like, as well, people think Leon, but like back Leon then, Leon, Leon, back then, Leon were Leon. Like PSG didn't have all this money. And no. they, they won most leagues in that decade, I think. Well, yeah, I think they did. Mm. Um, put it this way, he played with like Benzema and that. Exactly. Like Benzema, Tulalan. Uh, yeah. Janino. I was going to say, I, Janino, the Benjamin squad. So um, people need to understand the significance of Leon behind that one. Like, how that's how good he was. He was mint in the World Cup, was it 2010? Yeah, he missed a pen, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, he, he had an unbelievable Dubai. tournament, though. Um, but then, like, after his second loan spell with us, he only played nine league games for the rest of his career. Retired in 2016. Um, and it was like 27 when we first got him. So, it's that 34. Retired and playing like nine games in the last four seasons of your career. Yeah, but I was say he was a quality player, and if it wasn't for injuries, Sunderland would have never, never seen him in a yeah. Oh, I, because I think was other was Arsenal not looking at looking at him after that 2010 World Cup. I wouldn't have thought then. No, we we basically had him on loan. Like signed. Oh, before then, the World Cup was done. Like, uh, I wouldn't have been surprised if bigger clubs weren't looking at him after a season at Wren. Yeah, well, that might have been. That might have been it then. Um, move on to wingers. Yeah, I... All right, I'll go first then. Um, my side and uh, right midfield first. Yeah, I've gone for another Sunder- Sunderland connection. Um, um, <laughs> as I say, because it's picking favourites rather than who we think were the best players to miss out. Um, and I've gone for Matt Piper. Yeah, um, I remember when we were signed in 2002. Um, we'd not had a good right winger for like three years after Summerby had left. And um, we signed Matt Piper for three and a half million. He was only like 19, 20 at the time. He'd just broke into the Leicester side the season before. Scored the last ever goal at Filbert Street. Um, and then was just absolute riddled with injuries for the rest of his career. Career that yeah. ended aged 26 after only playing 24 games in the previous four years. Um, yeah, in total, he played 78 games in his 12-year career. Oh, That's mad. Horrible that, like, he was absolutely rapid. Like, he was skillful. Putting a mm. decent cross, we just we only got, like, like a season out of him. Um, remember when we went down um, that first season, we were back in the Championship for three or four, and he yeah. was kind of in and around the side. I remember we beat Preston away. That was the game that stopped us going... 25 defeats in a row or something <laughs> or 25 games without a win or something like that and uh, I remember Piper hitting the post in that game and he looked absolutely mint like he's like he'd rounded the keeper hit the post I was like oof he's like come back coming back into form here and he was never really got going again um, he played in the FA Cup semi-final against Millwall um, if you mind Dill um, yeah on. Um, yeah shit like <sighs> listening to him the other day he's done a few podcasts lately he's got his own He's had like eight eight operations on one knee. He's had like that is no, it's just uh, intense, man. Not nice, no, is it? It's 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 nice hearing him talk though, because like he's, he's really meant to listen to him now. 
he's a really positive guy. He's got such a like yeah. really good stuff to say. Um, just quite a bit for mental health, and uh, set up like uh, his own like fo- like coaching academy and that. He's getting his coaching badges. He's co commentator for Leicester, isn't he? Yeah, he's still like still he's got a lot of time for Sunderland and Sunderland fans. I'll interact with you and that if you drop him a question mm-hmm. and stuff on Twitter. He's, he's a cool guy, Matt Piper. A lot of time for him. Um, he, he dropped his word, you know. Like I, I read that. I did, didn't he? He, he said they always said that he wouldn't make the club pay for him if he couldn't get fit. And he dropped his wages and stuff and said, I don't like I'll, I'll go under. Like if he was dual bonus, he wouldn't take it. So I think fair play to him. I, yeah. yeah, his loyalty bonus at the end, he like didn't even take half of it, did he? No, nah, no. Nah. Just give us a, like whatever amount and yeah, don't deserve the rest, kind of thing. Nice, that. It's not enough for that in football. Yeah, yeah. Um, my love for my right winger came from Championship Manager 2000, and I didn't realise until a couple of years later when I actually looked into him that he could have actually been something special. So I've gone with Gianluigi Lentini. <laughs> <laughs> AC Milan paid 13 million for him from Torino in 1992. Oh, he was um, the most expensive player in the world then. Yeah, um, Fabio Capello described him as like strong, fast, creative, skillful, like the perfect winger that you could want. He was unbelievable. And I've actually seen videos of him before what happened, and like, ah, he was pretty special. I mean, he managed to win stuff in that first season. He was driving back from a pre season to- tournament in Genoa. And uh, he'd crashed his Porsche 911 at like something like 200 or something mile an hour. Flipped the car like seven times. And he only came away with a, a fractured skull and a fractured eye socket. But he was in a coma for two, he was in a coma for two days. Only. <laughs> well, that kind of speed, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He eventually got back to it and back into football. And he managed to stay at Milan for a couple more seasons. But like, I think even Marcel Desailly said like, he was nowhere near half the player that he was before the crash. But um, he managed to play on till he was like 40 in like City B and places like that. But uh, yeah, not the not the player that he, he used to be. But he was good on Championship Manager 2000 for Torino, mind. Like, <laughs> <laughs> really good. Massive fan. But uh, yeah, it just goes to show that like you can have all the God-given ability in the world, but you know, for... Five minutes of madness, it can be taken away from you pretty yeah. fast. Um, do you want to talk a bit more about my Piper Dill? Or, um, no, we pretty much covered it up. Yeah, he um, was on your left, left wing, then Dylan. Uh, I've gone for ex Real Madrid player who started off absolutely flying, and then for some reason, we ended up seeing him at Stoke. Gone for Hesse. Is he still playing now? Is he like he's gone off the face? Of yeah, the yeah, he's on. He's, he signed for PSG for twenty million when Madrid were like right. When after Madrid had bought Hammers and stuff like that, when they had that selling spree when they sold Di Maria, mm. when they had to make you know for financial fair play they had to make it back and whatever. Yeah. Sold him to Paris Saint Germain for twenty four million euros, and then he's just been on loan. So he was at Las Palmas on loan first, and he went to Stoke on loan, <clears throat> and he was at Betis, and now he's at. What was that now? So look, oh, Sporting Lisbon. Bloody hell. They play for like high, fairly like highly rated teams, but if people go back and watch videos of him when he first burst on the scene at Madrid, coming from the youth, basically what happened was he was flying for like the B team and the Castilla, and he was getting too old, and they were like, "You're gonna have to play him. You're gonna have to play him." But Mourinho wouldn't play him. Mourinho was like, "Nah, he doesn't fit my system." Blah blah blah. Shock. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ancelotti came in, and Ancelotti, but people from Ancelotti, he didn't really buy anyone at Madrid. I know he had a mint squad, but he didn't really buy anyone straight off the bat. Kind of, they sold a few and he played what he had, and then um, he brought him. He brought him on. So his first year, he played eighteen games and he scored five goals and four assists. 
And I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but he was coming on with like 20 minutes left after the already sh- shown games up. And that. He, scored in a, he scored in El Clasico as well. He got I really beat, liked him. But he scored. And then Champions League, I think it was, he'd done his ACL. So he was out for like ages. And then when he done his ACL, he had a setback. So he ended up being out for like nearly nearly year and a half. And then when he came back, Ancelotti had gone. And it just, he, he, he didn't look, he looked overweight and he, like, he, he didn't look like a winger anymore. When he first burst on, he was like, chopping and changing, he was bursting at people because of the weight gain and stuff. He just never really got back to where he was. And like there's still time for him now. Like I say he's only old, you know. He's only twenty seven. So he's got a bit of time. But I think it's just Yeah. I think it's maybe just gone. But yeah, sixty three games for Real Madrid. Did well for them. But then just couldn't get couldn't get going. I really liked him. I thought he was I thought he was decent when at Madrid like I thought he was really good. Well he was putting he was when he first burst on, he was putting Bale under pressure. Because they just signed, they signed Bale. The like Hesse's debut season had signed Bale, so that's why he didn't. That's why he didn't play at the start. Because mm. um, it was the time of Bale, Benzema, Ronaldo, and then he kept, and then he, and then he got a chance. And then the season after was when he started getting a real chance, and Bale had to like step up his game a little bit to make sure he was in the team. So yeah, I, I, I really liked him. I thought his quality. Just shame what's happened to him. Hopefully, he can revive his career. As you say, he's still only twenty-seven, so he is open. Yeah. Um, Nathan, who have you got on the left? I've got Sebastian Deisler. Oofed. I, I, I had to freeze for a minute. Then I, got, I was getting them mixed up with drafts. <laughs> After Germany's nightmare at Euro 2000, German football hailed Sebastian Deisler as the future of German football. Not long after that, he got a he got a big deal to Bayern Munich, and then he, he ruptured his cruciate ligament like three times in like the space of like four seasons or something. As well as having like multiple major injuries. And he even had a brief spell. I know it's a like, laughing joke, but he had a brief spell. But like he suffered from depression quite a lot, and he uh, retired at the age of 27. I, I I thought he was quite a decent football player. He played he played on the wing in the the five one against England. Yeah. And he was I know that Germany didn't exactly play well that night, but um he was like a standout player in that game for Germany anyway. Yeah, I, I really liked him. I thought he was good. You say you don't get money spent on you from Bayern Munich for for nothing. Just like everything that he went through, like you know, like cruciate ligaments, man. Like you, like you can't exactly get up and walk off that. You know what I mean? And yeah. then the amount of injuries that leads then leads to depression, which is it's it's, it's just a, not fair. It's mad as well because like you think about injuries that would have ended careers, like even just twenty years ago, um, that can be fixed like so much better now. Yeah, like science and that's developing. Like on a daily basis and recover sports recovery and that especially so yeah it, it would be mad to think like how many I mean some of them were just cursed like Matt Piper like his knees were just not made for playing football basically oh. <laughs> yeah. um, but, like there's others that probably would have benefited from like modern day like sciences and uh, methods and that like, yeah absolutely got career out of like um, the, at the age of 27 you know what I mean like you've got multiple caps for for Germany and you're playing playing for one of the biggest clubs in Germany and then at the age of 27 to just go you know what I can't do this anymore says a lot about his mentality because a lot of people could have just sat it out and carried on going get another injury rehab it take the money but just got like when you'd have been like sat there you can't perform to your like ability that you were and you've just got to sit there and like just feel shit because you're yeah, not as you were anymore. Of course, it'll affect yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. We laughed about Aga getting time for tattoos and that. Like, I don't think footballers get enough enough mentioned on that side of it. Like, 
when you're injured and you you can't do the one thing that you're good at and you love doing that it must take a lot out of you mentally and like it's nice to see people are coming out with it now though like with me and jay said Marty piper he's doing like talks and he's got a yeah exactly stuff. it's nice that they're actually coming out now yeah absolutely so it's, to be fair it's like not even just like exclusive to football it's anybody that does sports as a like even as just a hobby never mind a living like, yeah exactly but yeah when, I know you, what you mean. When, when you can't do it mentally it's fucking minging like you just I, there, like, I was rock. just saying footballers they're the ones that are mainly pulled out of it oh yeah, 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 yeah oh yeah, yeah. like the office, this, like, like the money the money thing and that yeah, like, oh, man. yeah. But, but apparently the cure to apparently if you're rich you 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 shouldn't yeah. suffer from like mental health yeah. issues. Yeah, exactly. Like my left midfielder is Kalilu Fadiga of that famous Senegal side in the World Cup in 2002. <laughs> um, he was part of the Auteur side that um, won the French Cup and made it to the Champions League and UEFA Cup in the early noughties. Like they had Gibral uh, Cisse and Philippe Messes uh, playing for them as well at the time. Um, but yeah, he was uh, he scored against Uruguay in that 2002 World Cup, and after 10 goals and 82 games for Arter over two, se- two seasons, he got moved to Inter Milan in the summer of 2003. And then early on in his Inter Milan career, um, it was discovered he had heart problems. So, yeah, so after just one season at Inter, not really playing because of underlying heart issues, um. He was advised to retire, but didn't. Um, went and got moved to Bolton, somehow passed a medical. Um, before he'd even played for them, he collapsed prior to a match in, Oct- in, a, in the October in 2004 and had to be fitted with a defibrillator due to an irregular heartbeat. Um, yeah, he, uh, yeah f- he, he did play a handful of games for the rest of his career. He had a loan spell at Derby County. Um, he had a bit of a weird one now. Why would you risk it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Game, I imagine. Um, he had a little spell at Coventry. He had a trial with Portsmouth, Watford, Hull. Nothing came of it. Um, he went back to started his career in Belgium, like a lot of um, African players do, as a route into European football, and that's where he finished his career. We'll move on to central midfielders. Um, <laughs> at the risk of sounding grim, it's another heart heart issue and it's uh, Mark Vivian Foe, the Cameroonian midfielder who um, sadly passed away 28 year old whilst playing uh, in the Con- Confederations Cup game in June 2003 72nd minute um, hype, hyper, I'll see if I pronounce this right, this is what he was diagnosed with in the autopsy hypertrophic cardio, cardio myopathy I'm not saying that again it just had a loan spell at City and the season before, it's got nine goals in 35 games. When initially I started off as a defensive midfielder, Kevin Keegan played him a bit more forward and become a bit of a force. Remember they had like Anelka, yeah. Ali Benabi and Ayel Berkovic. Like so typical Keegan side. High-flying high Keegan side. Aye. And uh, they got Foy in on loan. It's quite funny. They got him in on loan to be a bit more of a defensive midfielder to let all the attacking players roam free and then ended up playing him as an attacking player as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think Keegan would have just played 11 attackers if you'd like... If anyone's listening that is of a young age, City never used to be the force that they are now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Mark Vivian Foley. Nice. I like that one. Um, go on, Nath. Everybody loves him. 
and everyone has an opinion on him, so we'll just skip right past it. Just Gaza, Paul Gascoigne. On the podcast that we all listen to, like quickly, Kevin, I think Carlton Palmer described it brilliantly. Like on the football pitch, Paul Gascoigne is that's where he lives his life. Unfortunately, everything off the field, Paul Gascoigne just doesn't do very well. No, he's at peace on a football pitch, isn't he? And well, he was, and off the pitch, he's just a lot of issues there. Yeah. A lot of issues. Um, it's it's mad to think like what could have been if you like if he didn't make that challenge because he was still the move to Lazio was happening that yeah. summer and then yeah. it got back a year, which meant we, we wouldn't have had Channel 4's coverage of football, yeah, exactly. Football, if it wasn't for Gaza going over there, yeah, so exactly. I'm just in a huge debt to him just for that, yeah. Well, he was supposed to be the host there, have you heard that? I was, I but he like, I, he, like the schedule like recordings and that, and he just would not turn up. Um, go on, Dale. I've actually gone for one of my like, favourite ever players and I don't know why I've never mentioned him on the podcast probably because people will just be like oh shut the fuck up but um, arguably Bolton's El Phenomenino Stuart Holden yes I've got Stuart Holden no no it was, it was on my like initial list yeah um, uh, start off from the early days we signed him when he was a young kid yeah, and he was attacked outside a nightclub because he was a Sunderland player by Newcastle fans and actually ended up fracturing his eye socket yeah and then injured him, like, set him back two months because he couldn't really stay. And then when he did got in the UP, got injured, he ended up going back to Houston Dynamo, back to America, because he didn't think it was going to happen for him. Played really well, showed the adversity. And then say he showed up at Bolton. And another one who you could mention this, him and Moamba were just absolutely mint for a yeah, season. Bolton were, finished, a, really good. Bolton finished seventh. Like, Mwamba had the heart attack and he got injured, like, really close to each other. And Bolton just fell to pieces. He did. Um, um, but, yeah, Johnny Evans dove in. A, I love Johnny Evans, but it's a horrible tackle. Ah, it's disgusting. It's, like, horrible. There's no um, place for that in football for me, like... Caught him right on his knee. It, it, was, it gashed it open, which obviously just looked like it, that's all it was at first. But then after it, it done both... I think it was both ACL and MCL were done because mm. of that one challenge. And then when he did get back, he was all right, but he kept getting really little niggles. And then he played for USA against Holland. Another dickhead that injured quite a few people. De Jong broke his leg with another minging challenge. Mm. Like, both feet off the midair, right in the shin. That cost him his World Cup, pretty much. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, retired at 30. He's a good pundit now in America. He's, he's, big, he's big for... He's big for their youth setup. Yeah, he's he does quite... a lot for their youth setup, trying to get them not trying to get them to stop, but trying to get the MLS to focus on training younger than mm. Bayern. Yeah, likes it, Ibrahimovic and stuff. He's also part of a American investing group in RCD Mallorca. Ah, he loves Mallorca, doesn't he? Ah, like yeah. own, like I think he's yeah, tw- like twenty-one million dollars stake in the club. Like he's part of he's part of like he's part owner of Mallorca. Like that. And like, remember his mint goal against Blackburn where Blackburn had just scored and Bolton pretty much get it. I think, it is, I think it's Moamba. Moamba launches it up. Kev Davis does what Kev Davis does, wins the flick on. Obviously. And Bolton just takes one one touch with his knee and then left foot volley. Yeah. Corner. yeah, yeah. And like, but like Blackburn fans were still celebrating. Back to me then. Um, I've gone for Jan Kirchhoff. Nice. Um, signed for Sunderland under Sam Allardyce in the January transfer window for Bayern Munich for about 600 grand. Um initially thought we were getting just a reserve German centre-back coming in. Knew absolutely nothing about him. His debut, man. <laughs> his, his debut was a 4-0 defeat away at Spurs <laughs> where he conceded a penalty and he looked horrific. Yeah. And 
and then he got moved into CDM and was unreal. Yeah, like wow, what a player, man! Mingani could only, he could only last like sixty minutes of a match, mind you. But, oh, but what an hour! <laughs> I have never, I have never seen a player look so composed on a football in a Sunderland shirt. Like even more so than Steve Malbronk was. Especially oh, like, in the centre, especially in the centre of midfield. Yeah, and it was everything was just so effortless. Like, yeah. like Sunderland fans are a panicky bunch. Like, if a player's got the ball for more than two seconds and they haven't humped it forward, Sunderland fans panic. <laughs> Young Kirchhoff must have had them like having heart palpitations with how like casual he was on the ball. Oh, he just but, like, oozed German though, didn't he? Yeah, like, three 0 just... away at Norwich was absolutely. Oh, he was, he was filth that game. Sam Allardyce does what Sam Allardyce does best. Find out the individual needs of players, use his sports science to a T to devise training programmes that suit them. Not too dissimilar to like what Ledley King must have went through at Spurs. Yeah. Like, do what yeah. you can to manage your body and then just so we can get a game out of you on Saturday. Allardyce leaves him in the summer. That prick David Moyes. <laughs> You're training with us. <laughs> Aye, you're training with the first thing you're doing with everybody doing no special treatment. Jan Kirchhoff, injured first game. Fuck, fuck you, David Moyes. But yeah, uh, Jan Kirchhoff. I'll go mine then. Uh, Favourite all-time Premier League players. Absolutely love him. And I've never been so like... I've, I've seen like unreal performances at the stadium and stuff, but I've never been like so mesmerised by a player's ability to be like, right, yeah, we didn't deserve to win that game at all just because of one player. Um, and the reason is in this because one, one, one injury cost him 618 days. Ooh. I've gone for Santi Cazola. Uh, nice. Good show. Nice. His ability to kick a ball with both feet is ridiculous. He can take corners from each side with both feet. It's absolutely weird. But <laughs> just, yeah, that ankle injury that ended up costing him, like, you know, sounds like nothing, but like, say, he lost his tattoos to his kids and stuff off his arm. Yeah. To graft mm. it on his, on his ankle. That I didn't, I knew it was long, but when I researched it, I was like, bloody hell, 16, uh, 618 days. Uh, I, like, only just it. starting to get the actual recognition he deserved as well. Oh yeah, he was Arsenal's best player by a mile, and in, those injuries cost him his time in like the Spain squads. Yeah, oh, that he should yeah. have been a part of, and just what he could have been in the Premier League. I think if he didn't get injured, he'd still be here now. He'd still be their best midfielder. Oh, definitely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're he doesn't need pace he's No, he could play Cam and he could play CDM. He could play. Anywhere in that midfield, if they needed him, he was just quality man. He was, um, he was part of that like a strong Villarreal side, wasn't he? Um, early on, the ones yeah. that the Champions League semi-finals and stuff. Well, against Arsenal, can you remember the the Raquel yeah. made just a penalty in the last minute. Oh, the Woodison of Barcelona Villarreal final in two thousand and six. <laughs> First striker then, Dill. This isn't an injury. Uh, I don't know if it's ego, it might be a lack of confidence. Why did you move at twenty-eight years old? Sebastian Giovinco. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, I like thinking outside the box. I like yeah. that. Not yeah. an, like say, not an injury, nothing like that. Just, yeah. and I love the MLS. We spoke about it. Yeah. But there's the level of players that you maybe shouldn't go there, especially at the minute. Yeah. And like we said, he tore that league apart because he was the best player, and he was getting recognition. He was just starting to get recognition. He went, and fair enough, it's hard to get into their team at the time because they were making Champions League finals and stuff with like Tevez and. But if you just thought, well, why don't you just move to someone else in Europe? Someone yeah. would have took him. It only cost, it was like 12 million euros they got for him. Yeah. Someone in Europe would have paid that. 
Um, was it Toronto he went to? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Toronto White Cups, him and Altidore ripping it up. Freezing after going from Turin to Toronto. Like. <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Nelson as your gaffer. Oh, no way, is it? Yeah, Ryan Nelson yeah, right. brought Ryan him Nelson, in, was it? Yeah. Yeah, do you think, like, what could have been if you just stayed in Europe and um, done, never done the bigger things? Absolutely. Just going to say, if any of our listeners enjoyed that last two minutes on the MLS, do feel free to go back <laughs> to the MLS from a couple yeah. of um, Nath, who's your... First, first striker, I've gone with Belgian striker Luke Nillis, if people remember him from his Premier League game. <laughs> uh, he, scored, he scored in his Premier League debut for Aston Villa against Chelsea. Pretty decent goal. And then... What, 13 days later, he goes and suffers a double compound fracture of his right shin after a clash at Ipswich again with Richard Wright. That was uh, another tibia and fibula injury, wasn't it? Yeah. So that was the first ever time I heard those words mentioned. Yeah. Was another, another infection, which led to a potential amputation of the lower right leg, but they managed to save it. Before he came to the Premier League, uh, he scored uh, 127 goals for Anderlecht. It's scored 110 goals with PSV Eindhoven. Ronaldo and Van Nistelrooy have been quoted before in saying that he was a real talent. It's scored three goals in three games against Shea Given. It's scored in the Champions League, 97-98 at uh, St. James's Park. And then a couple of days later, he scored a brace against Ireland for Belgium. He signed for Villa as a free agent. The day he signed the contract, they got a press conference and that. He said, I've waited six years for this move. I've, I've wanted to play in England for a long time. And then he scored on his first team debut in the Inter-Toto Cup against Dukla Pribram. I hope I've pronounced that right. <laughs> he scored that unbelievable goal against Chelsea. Is that where he, like, tots it up a bit and then volleys it in? Um, I can't mind who puts the cross in. I think it could have been, like, I think it could have been Boateng or Julian Joachim or someone like that. They put a ball in and it comes along the floor. And he beats Frank LeBerf to it, but like instead of going to clear it, LeBerf just goes to absolutely wipe him out and make sure he gets the ball. And he just dinks it up with his right foot. And like he doesn't even look at the goal. He's just looking at the ball completely. And he hits it with his left foot. And it oh, what a finish. Like uh, unbelievable. Was... You un, like YouTube him. YouTube Luke Nillis. And some of the goals he's scored is ridiculous. He had a hell of a reputation around Europe before he came to Villa. He was in his thirties, wasn't he, when he got when he yeah, got Yeah, he was. Well, he'd um there's only two seasons at PSV with Ruud van Nistelrooy. They'd scored 103 goals between them in two seasons, and there was only like Dwight York and Andy Cole at that time that was like a more lethal partnership in Europe. It was Alan Wright who put the ball in. Just had a look at the goal. Was it oh. Alan Wright? <laughs> Alan Get Wright, in. four foot three, Alan Wright. Uh, Get in. I'll go with my first one, and it's basically what inspired to pick this theme. Um, you all know what's coming, and it's Matt Janssen. Sammy, you've got my other one straight away. Uh, um, <laughs> Could it not I, pick I, it? I, I, I haven't read the book, so I haven't got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even, even before reading the book, I would have picked Matt Janssen. Yeah. Um, when you come when you come from a small place um, like Carlisle is, um, when somebody makes it good, like you, like there's affinity with them, isn't there? Yeah, everybody ha- everybody has to make up a story. I know his mum. My mum worked with his mum. You know what I mean? Like everyone draws yeah, I mean, to like, it. My, my from just, I went to the school he went to. He's <laughs> from Wetherill, isn't he? It's, yeah, it was from Wetherill. Um, he went Typical to, Carlisle boys claiming that he's from Carlisle. <laughs> He went hey, to, it's only uh, a stone's throw, pal. 
<laughs> we went to Austin Friars School um, for a couple of years, went to Newman School, went to St. Aidan's Sixth Form, so he'd done the rounds with the schools around Carlisle, so everybody can be like, oh, I went to my school. I went to St. Aidan's, so we're practically brothers. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> He broke into the Carlisle side in the mid-90s when Carlisle, like, to be fair, had, like, a golden oh, generation a for, like, team, league, like, for, like, League One, Old Division Two, whatever, like, football, like, Rory Delap, Paul Boatin, Paul Murray, uh, Scott Dobie, they all went and played in the Premier League. Um, cousins Matt as well. Had him. Cousins, play for Leeds. Yeah, Andy Cousins, Tony Keg. Um but, like, Matt Janssen was, like, the crown jewel in that, in that squad. Mm. Um, after two full seasons, um, in the January of 1998, he um, was subjected to two bids, one from Man United, one from Crystal Palace. Turned down Man United so he could go to Crystal Palace because he thought he'd get more playing time. Um, scored three goals in eight Premier League games. And then after half a season um, in the Division One Championship, um, got his move to Blackburn after interest from Juventus. Moved to Blackburn for £4.1 million. Was relegated with them, but like damage was already done there. Yeah. Uh, then scored 23 goals in a season that got them promoted to second behind Fulham. It was only Louis Sahar that had scored more goals for him. Like full season in the Prem with Blackburn. Uh, scored 16 goals in all competitions, including in the League Cup final win over Spurs. Was just looking like everything was going upwards for him. Um, if you read his book, like it's it's a really good read. Obviously, he'll talk more in depth about that. I've also dropped him a message, so hopefully <laughs> he replies. <laughs> um, and then yeah, like at the end of that season, he got he got called up to an England squad for against Paraguay in like April. Got fell ill, couldn't play, um, and then was left out of the World Cup squad. Took a holiday to Rome and was involved in a moped accident, was hit by a car whilst he was on a moped with his girlfriend, was in a coma for six days, and was just never the same player when he came back. And when you read his book, it's like, it wasn't like because he was injured and his ability was like, it was all in his head. Yeah, he's at war like, with himself. Yeah, he was always at war with himself. He never deemed himself like, he always thought he was never as good as he was. He's like, he, he, if you look at his career, like after that, there's a there's a goal against Liverpool where he scores a couple of seasons after, and it's an absolute worldie, <laughs> and like it's unreal. Like flicks it over Carragher's head and then smashes it bottom bin from like outside the box, and he says like he didn't even know how he'd done it, like like he wasn't happy he'd scored because he was like how have we done that? Like that's that's not me that's done that. Love him. Like obviously childhood heroes David Beckham, but as a kid when you're growing up and like all you want to do is be a footballer, like. You see a lad from Carlisle, like you say, doing that, and it, for me, it was just someone I desperately wanted to be. Like I just, pu- I just wanted to be Matt Janssen for a bit. Like, uh, but I like to think that there's an alternate reality somewhere where he's got multiple England caps and multiple England goals, and he's playing for like Real Madrid or something. Man, this is by far the probably the best player in my team. Mention why, isn't it? But tenth uh, all-time top scorer, Serie A, 188 goals, Alessandro Del Piero. And I've just gone for it because of that knee injury. No, I, I know he's world class, and everyone knows him and stuff. But I think people who only watch 2000 football and stuff they need to go back, go back and watch his early days and how quick he was and mm. how yeah. like frightening he was until he got that one injury. Like Holden, pretty much exploded his knee. Just re- like reading up more about it and stuff to, for this, and just how he talks about himself, like putting on the weight, and because he had nothing to do, like. Because his injury was that bad, he couldn't even like walk or run. Yeah, he just like 
and when his teammates said he came back, he uh, just like he lost that pace and he still could finish. Like he's an unbelievable footballer. Oh yeah. Like people call it a FIFA R one goal now, but back then it was a Del Piero goal. Yeah. Uh, not, not a FIFA R one goal, top <laughs> corner. It's a Del Piero goal. Um, cut inside. Cut inside, in. curl it top in, away from the keeper. What he could have done. And obviously not his fault, but he missed a lot of time playing in the top leagues because of Juventus's money grabbing thing as well. Mm, yeah. yeah. That cost him a little bit because don't get me wrong, great of him to stay quality loyalty that. But what yeah. could have been if he went? And then there's obviously other stuff like he's fallen out with Lippi. What could have been on an international level? Because he, fair enough, he helped oh. him in the World Cup, but Lippi didn't really like him. You're not telling me he's better than your Quinta. That, that knee injury, it was like uh, 1998, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you should read, read up about it. It's like 1998 to 2001. Obviously, he gets back. He doesn't deny it for three years. He gets back. But because of that one knee injury, he just had loads of little niggles. Yeah. Yeah. It it just come off the back of like his best scoring season to date in ninety seven ninety eight and like twenty one league goals in thirty two games, and then he didn't hit double figures again for another three or four seasons. Mm. He had to completely reinvent the way he played as well. Mm. Completely. I've gone for um, Adriano. Nice. Yeah, I looked at Adriano. Yeah. Yeah, as my other striker, um, who's also like just breaking in the side of my. Current Inter Milan save on CMO one or two, but um, in real life, what could have been that never was, wasn't it? Absolutely. But it's all, it's all kind of stems. I didn't this, like when I was saying to you before, like research and finding out loads. Like this was one of the main ones. Um, like the death of his dad in two thousand and four. Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's what like led to his downfall. He just couldn't handle it. Um, Javier Zanetti, like even said that. Um, <laughs> They all they all rallied round him to try and support him, but Adriano he just just couldn't handle the impact of the death. Yeah. Like after two thousand four, his career just gradually started on the decline. He had like well, the season after he still scored like thirteen goals in thirty games for Inter Milan. Um, but then looking at the rest of his career, barely, barely kicked the ball apart from a spell at Flamengo. Yeah, his last cap for Brazil at twenty eight year old, and like. At the time of Inbreak and Frey, like after his like season at Palmer, yeah, <laughs> where he scored like him and Mutu up front were absolutely unreal. He thought he's going to kick on now, especially after like Ronaldo had left to Real Madrid. Like Adriano was like the next in line for, Aye. for like for that kind of yeah that, that kind of role in there. <laughs> after a couple of decent seasons, I and just never really. Never really kicked on that first full season, especially 28 goals in all competition in 42 games. Unreal, man. Uh, 10 in 9 in the Champions League, the Come hardest shot for any football game ever. <laughs> Nin- 99 power on Pez. Aye, <laughs> what cover boy, man? Got the front cover, yeah. But like, he's been involved in like <laughs> drug trafficking scandals and all sorts. Like, so uh... all, like not found guilty, but just goes show like it doesn't have to be a physical injury. That no, absolutely, absolutely. Didn't... Can spoil a career. That's a few mentioned now. Where it's yeah. like just been mental. mental football, issues. footballers are humans too. Mm. I might make a last-minute sub for the first time ever on <laughs> podcast. Because <laughs> I thought Nave would mention this one, and I think he's too good to be put on the bench. I'll yeah. took Del, I'll put Del Piero on my bench because we because he's had an unreal career. Dean Ashton. Dean Ashton's on my bench. I thought Nath would get him in. I thought Nath would get him in. I put him out. I thought, nah, Nath will mention Ashton. If we did a 4-3-3, Ashton's right on there, like. But, uh, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I'll Two whole seasons with injuries. Like, uh, 
Got his chance in 06 for the England squad. Wright Phillips broke his foot. Tried to sue Wright Phillips for that, actually. He sued the FA, didn't he? Yeah, Linked with a big deal to Man United. Then gets crocked again. Scores an unbelievable bicycle kick. Rio Ferdinand gets nowhere near him. (laughs) (laughs) Mint, man. He actually managed one full season at West Ham, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Like him and Carlton Cole up front. He looked like he was coming... Coming good again, but uh, that just that's that season at Norwich was the one that had that that sparked oh. the flame between me and Dino. <laughs> he was a beast at crew when he was like 18. Uh, like, he scored against Sunderland in a 1 1 draw that Jeff Whitley scored for Sunderland. In. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, hey, there's another player whose career like succumbed. I oh, know he wasn't amazing, but like he was Jeff Whitley, brilliant. Um, like benches, just quick run through or gaffer yeah, first. I'll go first. Um, Craig Gordon, Jonathan Woodgate, Owen Hargreaves, Steve Froggett, Ben Thornley, Michael Bridges, and Alex Notman. <laughs> you love you Alex Notman, eh? <laughs> <laughs> right? I'll tell you. Let, let me just tell you how he got his injury that um, ruined, like that basically ended his career. Bear with us a second. I had it written down. Actually, you go for yours and I'll come back to it. <laughs> go for your bench. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, 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 go for your bench. Right, I don't have a keeper because couldn't be asked. Um, I've got Ledley King, uh, Jimmy Bullard, um, Jermaine Genus, nice. uh, Danny Welbeck. Uh, I've got Adam Lalana for recent times because he was flying at Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, the obvious one, Owen Hargreaves. And Louis Saha. Nice. That's a good shout, that. Louis is a good shout. I, I like ah, Louis needed him in my 11, but I went for Juvenco for different reasons. But Saha is one of the best people I've seen live at the stadium. Like, absolutely mm. tore us apart. Yeah, not 4 0. Yeah. Aye. His movement was absolutely ridiculous. And then got a massive stem on when he signed for us. And then he didn't score a goal. But I don't hate him. That's the thing. I don't not like him. I just I don't think it was his fault. I think he's just he was just done by then. Yeah, he was, he was like thirty five one year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're going, uh, I've got uh, Argentinian goalkeeper uh, Carlos Roa. Also goes by the nickname of Lettuce because he's a Seventh Day Adventist. That's his religion. Um, didn't sign a new contract with his club because he thought the world was going to end. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's also- the best part. There's also like <laughs> there was also talk after that there was also talk that summer that he was expected a big move. Like, I think there was I think there was a at one point there was a rumour of a Man United deal, but there was talk of a big deal and then he obviously he uh didn't sign his contract because he thought the world was gonna end and then he never got the form back when he came back. Imagine going back into that dressing room, mate. <laughs> You'd be ripped a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you doing here, man? I thought you'd be in a <laughs> <laughs> um, Kieran, Kieran Gibbs, I think I think if Kieran Gibbs wasn't blighted with injury, I think he'd be a little bit more successful than what he was. Callum Davenport. Oofed. Stabbed in the leg. Stabbed yeah. in the legs. Like, that's awful. Like um, Ben Fornley. He, he was decent at Sunderland. He was. Ben Fornley. Um, some people who believe that he was actually a hell of a lot better than what m- most of them lads at Man United. Uh, they all said he was the best one, didn't they? Yeah. Um, all of them said. Awful leg injury, awful leg break at like. Seth Johnson, 
I thought he was quite decent. Uh, Dean Ashton, and uh, as mentioned in the MLS episode, Taylor Twelman. <laughs> when I said in the MLS episode that he was really good and he could have played in Europe, it wasn't me blagging. Like, it really <laughs> was good. He really was a good player. I thought you would have mentioned Alan Smith. Yeah, I thought you'd mentioned uh, Smith at all. I was expecting a strike force of Alan Smith and Dean Ashton, to be yeah. honest. Everybody knows Smudger would have gone on to bigger and better things, man. Um, but that Alex Notman injury, um, he blocked a shot from a Mark Venus strike and the ball hit his ankle and shattered his ankle. Mark Venus. How innocuous of a like, <laughs> thing to happen. Like, He's got a, you got a gaffer. What you got? How to get injured as a gaffer? I've got a gaffer that... I, I I liked it at the time, and I think uh, he could have been on to bigger and better things. Andre Villas Boas, I think that he could have. I think all the ingredients were there. I just think wrong place at wrong time. He might be proved wrong though, because he's smashed it in Marseille this season. Oh, is that where yeah. he's at now? Yeah, yeah he's been been unreal. Um, funny you mentioned AVB, because my my one is I think could be decent because he should have all the knowledge and everything behind it. He's just an ego maniac. His success I've on Tim Sherwood. <laughs> got to win your football matches. Yeah, got to win your football matches. Just here to win football matches, mate. 50, 59% game win ratio. Second to none. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it, it, it's mad out, because you think he's won the Premier League, he's played for years, like, he's obviously done his coaching badges, blah, blah, blah. He actually was... Tottenham were decent, playing decent football when he first came in. With Les uh, Ferdinand as number Brought two. some of the youthies through. And then, like, Villa, he got to an FA Cup final at Villa. Like, I know yeah. they in the final, but I think he just thinks himself so highly that he's just, <laughs> like, totally just shot himself. Do you mind on when Adebayor scored and him, yeah, him, and, Les, oh, him and Les Ferdinand did the salute? Like, yeah. What are you doing, man? He brought Harry Kane from it. He gave Harry Kane his debut. I did. Oh, that. decent. Do you know like um, how like Carl Froch always goes on about how many people they had watching him at Wembley? When yeah. he at Wembley. That yeah, sure yeah. reminds me of Tim Sherwood like <laughs> going on about his win ratio. Yeah. <laughs> like him and Froch are cut from the same cloth. Uh, class. Ah, like, yeah, fair dudes. Like, uh, Shall we run through our teams then? Yeah. One yeah, last yeah, time yeah. before we say goodbye. Yeah. Um, go on, Dill. Uh, Ingo, Kieran Westwood. Uh, right back, Michael Richards. Left back, Fabio Aurelio. Centre halves, Wes Brown and Daniel Lager. Right wing, Matty Piper. Left wing, Hesse. Centre midfield of Santi Cazola and Stuart Holden. And up front, uh, Sebastian Giovinco and Dean Ashton. Just here to win football matches, managed by Tim Sherwood. <laughs> nice. Um, manager, Andre Villas Boas. Uh, in goals, Craig Gordon. Right back, Michael Richards. Left back, David Boost. Centre back partnership of Ledley King and Johnny Woodgate. Right midfield, Gianluigi Lentini. Left midfield, Sebastian Deisler. Centre midfield partnership of Paul Gascoigne and Stuart Holden. And up front, Luke Nillis and Matt Janssen. Um, I'll quickly pick a manager and I'll save Ryan Clough because he should have managed England. Yeah. Nice. Um, in goal, Matt Murray. Right back, Andres Escobar. Left back, Francesco Coco. Centre backs, Ledley King, John Mensah. Right midfield, Matty Piper. Left midfield, Kalu Fadiga. Central midfield of Jan Kirchhoff and Mark Vivian Foy. Up front, Adriano and Matthew Janssen. 
I'd love to see the language barriers in your team, Joe. <laughs> I know, man. Communication would be unreal. Kirchhoff would be the translator. He can speak <laughs> languages or something. Um, right, spot on, boys. Yeah. Um, nice. Before we go, we'll have a little plug of the social media and stuff. So follow us on Instagram um, at Prawn Sandwich Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Prawn Pod. Um, there's a Facebook group as well if you could just like our posts share our posts share our podcast um, we're available obviously wherever you can get your podcast from um, just keep a lookout for our content daily and give us feedback and hope you enjoy and we'll and if you do give us feedback actually listen to the episode thank you <laughs> <laughs> oh mic drop boom yeah. prom yes. pod out <laughs> Till next week, boys. See you later. Arrivederci. How's the bacon, did you say? That's his Oh, what a fantastic hit! Roy Keane on Holland. Here's Sancho. Agreed.